Greetings, Rebels fans. My name is Jason Kelly, and this is the Let's Run podcast. Today on the show, we are talking about UNLV's incredible victory in a place that they seem to win all the time, down in Albuquerque, at the pit. I had the great fortune, as many of you know, of being there, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my experience, kind of run you through what it's like to go see a game at the pit, and talk about the Rebels. So, without further ado, let's run. The trip down to the pit in Albuquerque was kind of a last-minute decision, but I have always wanted to see a game there. New Mexico is pretty good this year, although you wouldn't know that if you only watched them play UNLV. Uh, my family and I just kind of decided, my wife, my dad, and I, were going to go down there. We got our tickets. We bought tickets to the game. Uh, the pit is a very retro when you're in there. It kind of feels like you're in some place that was built in the 80s, probably because it was. I think it's a you know 40 or 50 or 60 year old building. Uh, you the outside of it's very nice, but you walk in, it's all underground, and it was a complete sellout at the game. And it was also a whiteout uh, last year when the Rebels went down to Albuquerque and beat New Mexico. It was also a whiteout. And so you had a lot of New Mexico fans very frustrated that their team kept playing uh, UNLV and losing on their home court when the fans were doing a whiteout. So all of them were saying, oh, no more whiteouts, please. No more whiteouts. We don't want to play UNLV. Uh, and you can see why. Uh, as uh, Jeff Grammer, you know, the reporter for the Albuquerque Journal, uh, and a couple other guys, Sean Cunningham is the guy that I saw on Twitter that pointed this out. The Rebels have won 10 of their last 11 meetings against the Lobos. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're four out of our last six in the pit. And the pit is one of the toughest places to play in the country. It's a, it's a very good home court advantage. It's probably not quite as good as it was 10 years ago, but you know Richard Pitino has the Lobos playing pretty well. And they're a good team. And I kind of wish they hadn't lost to Boise at home the week before, but... New Mexico had just gone on the road and beaten, a, you know, they killed Wyoming up in Laramie. And so the Rebels were 11-point underdogs, and they still went with the lineup of DJ, Luis, Keelan, Rob Whaley, and Caleb. Um, I don't always love this lineup because I'm worried that it lacks the requisite shooting needed to really compete. Um and while Caleb and Rob are very good, I'm not always sure that they complement each other super well. Uh, sometimes when you have two people trying to post up, neither of them have any type of perimeter game at all. And I think that Rob's you know, surge in play has played a part in Caleb having inconsistent efforts. Both of them are trying to post up basically at the same time. Now, the way that the coaching staff has decided to counter this is to have them run high-low action, which is, it's classic basketball. Um, coaches with two big forwards, a, a forward and a center that both don't shoot and both don't have any perimeter game, often use um, the, the high-low post-action. Uh, so what they, have, what they do to counter teams basically clogging the paint against Caleb and Rob is they'll have, it's generally Rob, uh, flash to the high post, the free throw line, and then Caleb will sink to the middle of the paint, and Rob will just throw one over and throw it down to Caleb, and Caleb will have a good look. 
uh, teams have been countering that really well by fronting the screen and bringing a second help defender off the baseline. Now, if we had a really good shooter in there, um, maybe Justin Webster from a year ago, uh, not the Justin Webster of this year, certainly. If we had a really good shooter, we could punish that pretty easily. But that starting lineup doesn't have the greatest point differential. And so I think that they lack shooting. And so you often see lineups with Jackie Johnson or Brooklyn Hicks uh, in for either Caleb or Rob doing very well. Uh, this game was a it was a rock fight. You know, the Rebels came out fast and early. I said that I thought that this was a key going into the game in that it's very difficult to beat New Mexico on the road if you let them get an early lead. And the Rebels have not been a team that has come back from very many deficits this season uh, with one of the slower paces of play in the country. If the Rebels get down by more than you know six or eight points, they're just not going to win. And so they have to come out strong in all of these games. And if you look at when they performed well in conference play, that's what they've got. Uh, they've come out fast. They did it against Boise. They did it against Colorado State. They did it against Utah State. And they put the pedal on early. And they failed to do so against Air Force. And it ended up being a snowball effect that ruined that whole game. So in the pit, the Rebels were going to the post early and often. They were going to rob. And DJ specifically was cooking uh, New Mexico star guard Jalen House off the dribble. DJ would get a high ball screen from Caleb. And I don't know if Jalen and the New Mexico scouting team realized that DJ is a very, very, very left-handed player. Uh, DJ has a little bit of skill going right, but he is, uh, for all intents and purposes, a strong left-handed player. And DJ was just getting around Jalen. Uh, Jalen House, I think his aggressive ball hand, his aggressive ball pressure was really biting him in the butt. Uh, he's very used to playing up on guards and getting steals and deflections. And against a guy like DJ, that might not always be the best move. DJ's not a great shooter off the dribble. He, he's good, and he's definitely got the potential to become a great shooter off the dribble. But I almost think uh, if I was Jalen House in New Mexico and they played the Rebels again, I would tell him to just play off a of DJ just a little bit. Stop trying to steal the ball. Um, that kind of goes against New Mexico's philosophy a little bit, as New Mexico loves to get up and down the court. But I just don't think that Jalen House or really any guard in the Mountain West is going to be able to bully DJ. And that's very impressive. Uh, I do need to see him do it against San Diego State because we were really bad early against San Diego State. However, DJ outplaying Jalen House in the pit was just something to behold. It was beautiful. It was a coming out party. If you've been watching the Rebels all year, you know that DJ is probably our best player at this point. You know, I would have said Caleb or Keelan Boone uh, for most of the year. But yeah, I, I think DJ is probably our best player. He's, he's just solid and his defense hasn't even been bad. So a lot of positives to take away from that game. Uh, the Rebels getting out early and silenting the crowd was very important. And there was some issues going into the the end of the first half of rebounding. Uh, Caleb was in foul trouble. Rob had a couple of fouls. And I think Coach Kruger knew that if he rode his starters a bit too much, that there were going to be some issues. So let's talk about Kevin Kruger and kind of look over his performance. 
so to be frank, I, I was pretty upset with Kevin Kruger a few times in the game. Although ultimately, you know, the fact that the winning cures everything, I'm obviously not mad at him anymore. But in the game, Kruger decided to play his entire bench. He played everybody. Carl Jones got in. Jackie Johnson got minutes. Uh, Shane Noel. We had a Shane Noel sighting. Uh, probably the most frustrating player on our roster because I'm not sure if it's injury that's keeping him out or if he just doesn't have doesn't have it. Uh, but every guy got in, even Carl Jones. Carl Jones got in for some run. And Kruger decided to play his guys in order to keep them more fresh. Uh, and ultimately, Webster was a minus 14. Shane Noel was a minus 8. Carl Jones was a minus 4. Our bench guys did hurt us, but getting the rest for our starters was very beneficial. And I think Kevin Kruger had a good game. Uh, he had some bad moments in the first half when uh, New Mexico was going on their extended run, but he didn't fall for any of the pitfalls in the second half. He recognized his mistakes and he made the right choice. And so I would say I, I'd give Kevin Kruger a B plus for the game. Um, obviously, I think DJ was really the main reason why we won. But Kevin Kruger coached a good game uh, in conference play. It, it, that Air Force loss is just such an anomaly. It just makes no sense why that happened. Uh, I couldn't explain to you or anybody could. I don't think anybody could explain to anybody why why UNLV lost to the worst team in the Mountain West by 32 at home. I was at that game and I couldn't even record a podcast after because I was so upset. Um, however, I would give Kevin Kruger a solid B plus for that game. I have gotten to the point where I think that as long as Kevin Kruger can retain pretty much retain the underclassmen on this roster, you're always going to lose one. But if he can retain them, I think that he's a guy worth keeping around for at least one more year, especially if he can retain DJ and Brooklyn Hicks and Rob Whaley. If he can retain those three guys, then our team could be something real special. Speaking of Brooklyn Hicks. So in the first half, when Coach Kruger was playing Shane Noel and Kevin and uh, Justin Webster, I, the reason I was upset with him was because I thought that Brooklyn Hicks should have been getting those minutes. Uh, Brooklyn Hicks is one of the best athletes on the roster. He's got insane hops. And ever since conference play, you know, a few games into conference play, he's just been a dynamo on the perimeter. Uh, he's getting by guys. His defense has been solid. Uh, his, he's using his athleticism and leveraging that to get to the rim. And while it's he still hasn't shot very much, he's making his threes when he takes them. He's hit huge threes in games. He hit one in the, on the pit on the road. He The first time he played New Mexico, he hit the three that kind of put the game out of reach. Uh, I couldn't be any happier with him. Uh, early in the year, it was all freshman jitters, but he's worked those out and has become a really reliable player. And so I hope, I think Webster will get some go, some run in this Fresno game to see if he can get back into the rotation a little bit. But I do think that Brooklyn Hicks and his athleticism has helped make up for the loss of Jalen Hill um, and added a lot of texture and power to our backcourt. Uh, Brooklyn Hicks DJ backcourt is something that could terrorize the Mountain West for four years. I don't think either of them are pro prospects. Uh, so if you could keep them on the roster for three or four years, 
they could win the Mountain West back to back. I mean, jun- as juniors and seniors or even sophomores, they, they could win it. That could be the foundation of a serious and legit backcourt. I'm very, very, very proud uh, of how we've developed him and how he has worked. I see him on campus sometimes. Uh, he rides a scooter and I, I've driven by him a couple of times and he just seems locked in. He, from what I've heard uh, from a couple of people close to the team, he's a hard worker, Brooklyn, and just a good guy. So really happy for him. I'm hoping Justin can kind of get it together and play out the rest of his college career uh, well, but Brooklyn Hicks deserves minutes in the rotation. And whether that comes at the expense of Jackie Johnson or Justin Webster, I think Brooklyn is better than both of those guys. Um, Jackie is still useful in situations where you need scoring, especially against teams that don't have big perimeter players. Uh, But you saw in the New Mexico game in the first half, uh, Jamal Mashburn, Donovan Dent, and Jalen House were just driving right through Jackie. And Jackie was doing his best, but with his size, um, he just just isn't a great defender. That doesn't mean he doesn't try. Jackie tries with with everything he's got. He doesn't have a ton. Uh, So... Yeah, Brooklyn Hicks has been a revelation. Let's talk a little bit about the Boone Twins. So the Boone Twins are kind of bizarre in a sense that they're really on and off in terms of their scoring output. output. However, if you look at their on-off numbers, you know, when they're on the court versus off the court, the Rebels are always better when they're on the court, regardless of whether they're scoring or not. And so I think that the Boone Twins... In order for this team to reach its true potential, the Boone Twins are going to have to be playing well um, and scoring against the good teams. Now, they didn't score against New Mexico, but I think Rob Whaley specifically is just a very good matchup for New Mexico. Uh, against New Mexico, I should say. Uh, he, I don't, the New Mexico players, JT Toppin, um, Mustafa Amzil, their Baker, I, their their bigs just don't have the power to hang with to hang with Rob, and I would like to see Rob attack off the dribble, you know, from the free throw line or the wing a little bit more. I think he's capable of that, and if he can add, you know, kind of like what Shakur Justin used to do for the Rebels, um, if he can add that to his game, it's it's going to be pretty unstoppable. But yeah, the Boone Twins are going to have to play well down this stretch. Uh, I'm going to have more podcasts later this week. So uh, I'm going to have some guests on, uh, some guys from Twitter, the UNLV burner squad we got going. Uh, But I will go over in those podcasts kind of what I think we need from the Boone Twins and, you know, the, the stretch we have coming up for UNLV basketball. So overall... What a great time it was to go watch the Rebels win in the pit and beat a team uh, which was favored to beat them by 11. Uh, it was great to flash the, you know, the LV sign uh, down by, you know, the pit's court. It, it was just wonderful. Uh, there were a few other UNLV fans in the arena. Uh, shout out to Lobo Gabe, uh, one of the best fans in the Mountain West. Um, the New Mexico fans, I, I, I feel like maybe I've been gushing a bit too much, you know, cause I, obviously I, I'm, I'm a rebel, you know, but I can't say enough about them. Very polite, very kind, very passionate. Um, I'm sure the students were probably saying some rude things to the players, but, uh, up in the crowd, everybody was super great. They were just like, Hey, welcome here. Hope you have a good time. 
And I can confidently say that that was the best uh, road experience that I've had in the Mountain West. I have been to a game, an extra mile arena in Boise. Uh, their fans were fine. I wasn't a big fan of the Utah State uh, in the spectrum. I, I have been to a game at in Logan. Uh, I went the year that we had Bryce Hamilton and not as big of a fan. I got a few things were said to me and my wife uh, that I wasn't, uh, I didn't take too kindly to. But uh, the pit's definitely number one. I am planning on getting down to Vieja soon. Uh, so that will be a fun experience as well. So let's just quickly tell you what's going to happen this week for the Rebels. The Rebels are playing Fresno State on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Uh, in kind of a tough spot. Fresno has had UNLV's number in the path. And I don't have a ton of con. I, I don't want to say that I don't have confidence. Uh, the Rebel Way, 229 Rebels. Uh, I'm not sure what his name is yet, but he's probably the best follow if you're looking for UNLV football or basketball information. He kind of called me out for being a fence sitter earlier today, uh, non-committal. And yeah, I I got to admit that I, I hate being wrong. I, I, I said that we were going to beat Air Force comfortably and, and dominate, and Air Force came and killed us on our home court. Now, I saw UNLV play this Fresno team uh, uh, when they played at the Thomas and Mac a week, week and a half, two weeks ago, and the Rebels didn't even play that well, but I thought that Fresno really struggled in that game. And Justin Hudson, the Fresno coach, has some things against UNLV from his time when he was an assistant here under Dave Rice. And so I expect Justin Hudson, who is in his last year as the coach at Fresno State, to coach the game of his life. With Reno coming up on Saturday, this is kind of a look-past game, and the Rebels can say that they're not going to be looking past, and they're taking every opponent seriously, but it's just inevitable. So... How the team performs in Fresno on Wednesday is going to be indicative of how um, I think the rest of the season is going to go. The Rebels need to f- six and two probably gets them in the top six. Uh, they can't afford to lose. You know that they, they still have a tough road game up in Reno, but besides that, everything else is pretty much at home. Uh, they do have to go to two Air Force. Hopefully, they can repay that. So I'll get into a little bit more of that, but I think this Fresno game will be very indicative of what kind of Rebel team we're going to have for the remainder of the non-conference schedule. All right, Rebel fans, so I need to get home to my wife. I am still at school. Uh, Thanks for listening. Hope you have a wonderful week. Go Rebs, and let's run.